I just wanted, before we get started, the current episode was recorded before our name change, so I wanted to talk a little bit before we get started about the name change and why, and then uh, go ahead and play the episode that I had recorded. You'll notice that there's a change, a significant change to the name of this um, podcast. It's now called Treatment-Free Beekeeping Canada or Treatment-Free Beekeeping. The reason, there are a number of reasons for the name change. I think it better reflects the philosophy of what, through the science and our observations, what we know, in my opinion, seems to be an approach that works for us. The purpose of this podcast is to give you information, just as before, of how our process is going and what we're learning about keeping bees. But then I realized as I reviewed the past years, although initially we used some treatment to get started, as recommended in the uh, Darwinian black bee box technique, currently we don't use any uh, treatments. And I think many people are wishing to do that. So we should talk about the problems with it and what we're doing and how we're experiencing it including the scary times when, when a lot of the bees die initially when you try this process. So the other reason for this is the censorship that I experienced in trying to post on the treatment-free beekeeping Facebook page, which was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I think I'm still on their watch list or they're still censoring, and so I don't even bother anymore. It had to do with an initial post about using infrared light um, and they were, their comment was, well, where's the peer-reviewed literature? We're not going to post this to anybody until you can prove and all this crazy stuff. And then just, just a general sense of having things reviewed. I mean, obviously, you need to be respectful when you post anywhere, and certainly I've tried to do that. But um, as far as the content goes, I think people can read it for themselves and decide if it's relevant or not. Um, Peer-reviewed, we know from our experience with COVID and other types of research, is very political to be accepted for publication. And plus, it takes a, a significant number of years. I also posted, my, I asked to post my information on the diathesis stress model, uh, and that got backlash. And also the issue of, they said that my posting about the wildflower bee farm was somehow commercial. And I don't know what that all means, but anyway... I think it's a healthier place to do this on our own. Um, I'm proud of Canada, but I think we can all learn from each other. So whether you're you know, following or keeping bees in Canada or in the United States or anywhere in the world, I think we can all benefit from sharing and talking to each other in an open mind, being respectful, but not censoring ideas because it is those far out crazy gems of ideas, I think, that in the end may help us save bees and in the end save the planet. So here's an original, the last original Wildflower Bee Farm uh, YouTube um, uh, podcast or general podcast. From now on, it'll, it'll be uh, under the heading Treatment-Free Beekeeping and Treatment-Free Beekeeping in Canada. So you have an amazing day and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. Hey, it's February 2024, and I want to talk today about habitat and this idea I have, and I'm wondering what you think about it, and uh, your feedback would be appreciated. So we know from our diathesis stress and the science out there that uh, habitat can have an incredible impact on our beehives. Uh, the research out of Michigan suggests that 
proper habitat can help your bees fight mites and disease and all kinds of issues if they have the resiliency and the health to do so. And it comes from a diversity of pollen and also um, lack of exposure to pesticides and other contaminants. I started to think about, outside of our situation, uh, and, and I did this too, most of us who have bees or, or study them put bees in a location that seems to be right for us in the sense of convenience, or in some cases we do know that it's near a farm and that farm has you know, maybe pasture land or headlines that could be helpful to grow canola or whatever the issue may be. Um, but we don't really look at the habitat. And so here, here's the idea. What if there, we, we do know that, that honeybees travel, well, let's say two miles maximum, sometimes farther, but let's say they're going to travel two miles to collect pollen and honey. It could, some say three or four, but the majority of bees uh, you can account for going within two miles. So wherever you have your bees, if you drew a circle two miles out, do you know what's in the habitat at certain times of the year? Do you know what's blooming, what's happening? Um, if you're in the city, do you know what flowers your neighbors have, and so on? So in thinking about this specifically within our farm, uh, I, as you know, if you follow, I looked at droning the property here because if I drone the property during flowering season and can then come up with an artificial intelligence way to identify all the vegetation, we can come up with a reasonably intelligent discussion of what our habitat is like, how many trees to flowers, what kind of flowers, and all that kind of stuff. But then it dawned on me that we really need to look at that plus the entire like that's it that's a question in itself for the sake of our project but when we look at the bees themselves they forage two miles or more outside of this area so the question is what's around us and it's really hard to figure that out i can guess but i really don't know so what if this was possible and this is where the what if comes up and i don't know if it'd be very you know if, if beekeepers or those of us interested in ecosystem or, uh, you know, environmental stuff or wanting to you know what's around your house, what if you could... Sorry, I'm going to go back. Sorry. I'm going to go back to the, to the drone stuff. So when you do the droning, it's very expensive. And it's then... Then you need someone to take the drone pictures and put them in like a mat or a map of your property. And then you need the ability to identify the vegetation. But what if you could, if there was an opportunity for you to put in your location of your hives with latitude and longitude? And I learned there's many free websites where you can determine that based on the location of your property on a map. And what if uh, software would then um, go out and find the most recent satellite pictures of that location within the time frame around when you are requesting it. So let's say let's say it's July 1st. Um, it'll do some history from probably the month of June up to July 1st to get the best satellite data. And it'll give me uh, the picture two kilometer, or sorry, two mile circumference around my location. And some of the vegetation will be identified at that time. 
So not only will I be able to see if it's trees or grass or flowers, there'll be some indication of what it would be. Now that'll improve over time and as well as based on the satellite that is available. And that's what we're really working on now on this project I'm involved with. So my question to you as a beekeeper or as a person who cares about the environment, would you be willing to use that type of tool if once a year or twice a year you could go in, put in your latitude, longitude, or let's say you're looking for a new place to put your honeybees, or even if you want to buy a home in a certain neighborhood or location, and maybe you want to have bees in your backyard, wherever it may be, you can put in that location, and the software will present you with a picture, a satellite picture of what's happening around you in the best detail available at that time. So if your answer is yes about habitat, then the next question is, you know, obviously we'd want to do some free um, opportunities. So a person might get a first one free and then they'd have to upgrade $10 a year to use it three more times or something. Because there has to be, there's these satellite pictures are not inexpensive. It would have to be, um, you know, an opportunity to um, give access, but then also give back so we can do more of these types of projects. So that's the idea about the environment. It's the habitat around your hive. I should also tell you in the future I'll be talking about more methods we're using to look at uh, evaluating beehive activity in the front of the entrance. And also a way, and I haven't heard back from a couple companies, to assess the air pollutants around our hives, whether it's uh, pesticide sprayed uh, drift or other things that may be impacting our hive. But for the case of this podcast, I want you to think about this. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram, so head out there and comment on the, on the idea. It doesn't matter what uh, I've posted, just comment or go to uh, Wildflower Bee Farm and you can, um, beefarm.com and you can type in the email thing and just tell me what you think of the idea of a habitat, um, eco-habitat type of search where you get the satellite downloads of what's happening within a flight distance of where your hives are or where you're going to put your hives. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Have an amazing week and we'll talk soon. To learn more about our project, make sure you go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. There you can find further information on the latest research articles we've put out, find out where you can pick up some t-shirts and all the other interesting things we're doing on the farm. That's wildflowerbeefarm.com. You can also go to beemoneysimple.org and pick up a free copy of our book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, a little book to be smart with your money and help the environment. It's free when you sign up for our weekly newsletter. Have an amazing day and thank you for listening.